Uh, Something weird just happened. I'm not exactly sure what. That was really strange. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so anyway, not exactly sure what happened there. Um, but anyway, so last week I was at the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame weekend. And as I have for 26 years, I was one of the uh, transportation committee and was driving around uh, in Chinese. And this year I had the honor of having Charles Haley. And uh, Charles was a fantastic, a lot of fun. Um, him and I uh, really got along well. Um, definitely by far one of the best uh, guys that I've ever have had um, from a personality standpoint. Just uh, really entertaining, having a really good time uh, together so anyway so uh welcome back to fantasy football consistency show and again thank you for listening in uh the call in if you want to call in is uh 646-478-4679 and uh so we have a question i know that we're getting closer and closer to draft week every day and uh we want to be sure that uh you have as much help as I can give you in uh, determining the consistency for your players and uh, just uh, helping with draft strategies, etc. Um, so if you got any questions, don't hesitate to call in. Once again, 646-478-4679. The chat room is also open. Uh, so if you're logged in and listening to it, you can certainly go to the chat room and ask me any questions you want there as well. So. Uh, once again, uh, thank you for being here. Just wanted to say if uh, you're new to the program, you are listening to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, Rick Flieger, Rick Briggs of Asylum Football and Asylum Fantasy Sports uh, is gracious enough to allow me to have a night. And uh, I got the honor of meeting those guys this week. This past week at Hall of Fame weekend, we did a special podcast there so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that check out the episodes here under the uh, fantasy asylum fantasy sports network and you can hear myself and dennis farrell uh, who are both on the show with them talking about the experience of hall of fame weekend in canton ohio if you ever had a chance to do that i highly highly recommend coming in uh, especially if one of your favorite players or somebody from your favorite team has been inducted it's a really, really great time, a lot of great things, a lot, a lot of fun stuff to do. So um, once again, if you haven't had a chance to look at that. So if you're listening, again, for the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network, we are here every night of the week. And uh, on Monday night, we have Sports Rants with Chris Heal. On Tuesday night, we have the Asylum Sports Show with Flieger and Briggs. Wednesday night, we have the Pine Tar Talk with Ben Samuels and Mike Valverde. Thursday night, of course, is myself every Thursday night at 7 Eastern Standard. Friday night, Racing Times with Alan and Robin. Saturday, Dynasty Dudes with Russell Clay and Nathan Powell. And Sunday night, you get the mad scientist, uh, Nick Ficarelli, which um, this week I will be a guest of the show on Saturday night. Um, that he, he actually does it Saturday night, and then uh, the syndicate gets played on Sunday for the Asylum Sports Network. But I will be on this week uh, talking about consistency and stuff with Nick. So don't miss out on that one. So once again, uh, welcome. To this week, as we get into week two of the prep, I kind of wanted to go kind of help you guys with consistency and kind of the ADPs where some of these guys are falling. 
And again, I, I, I uh, definitely support any questions, want to answer any questions that uh, you guys get and uh, be able to help you out or if you want to go through the chat room. So let's start with the quarterback position. So right now this year, what I'm seeing in a lot of the mock drafts that I've seen, a lot of the expert drafts that I've seen so far is basically this. Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers are going in the first two rounds. Um, right now, Andrew Luck's ADP is 15 uh, as quarterback one. Uh, so again, middle second round, early second round. Um, I've seen him go as late as early third, but not much later than that. Um, and this is just a standard uh, four points per passing touchdown. If you start getting into six points or a two quarterback league, it could be even sooner. <clears throat> um, so that's where those two guys are going. <clears throat> the really comes down to is, do you believe that if you take Luck or Rodgers, and both are very consistent, excellent quarterbacks, I would say, have no problem uh, s stating that they will be in the 80-plus percent um, <clears throat> when it comes to consistency for this coming season. Uh, Rodgers has been there most of the time when he's been healthy uh, in the 80-90%. Um, it, it's really no-brain two guys. Uh, but the question is, can you recover from drafting some a guy like that that early? Um, I really believe that you can either do that and then take a chance on a wide receiver or running back uh, in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round that could be a good sleeper, a could be a good value, somebody like a Joseph Randall, uh, Andre Ellington, uh, Giovanni Bernard, those kind of guys, <clears throat> if you do that. If you want to pass, I'm, I would be okay with that. And, and, and in the leagues I've been in so far, if <clears throat> I'm in the third round and Rodgers or Luck are still there, I'll take one of them. I'll take them. But it hasn't happened that often. Usually they're gone before I get to that point. But I did have a chance, I think, in a couple of leagues where I had, like, pick 303 and I, I grabbed Rodgers after I took either, you know, really good running back and really, you know, consistent uh, receiver. And so I felt like I could I could do that then and then come back with um, a, a good, consistent uh, running back two, wide receiver two um, at some point. Uh, again, depending on your league makeup and your league uh, scoring system. Now, right now, ADP-wise, Peyton Manning is third. Um, and he's at 39. So you're looking at basically early fourth round. I'm not. I'm not buying it. Um, I love Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks for years, but that was in the past. Um, his uh, kind of downfall late in the season kind of raises some questions. Um, I know he looks healthy. I know he looks good, um, but you know he really let a lot of people down in the playoffs last year and fantasy bowls for a lot of the guys. Um, he may start off good, but I'm really worried that he can again. Uh, hold up all season, and and that's why I'm kind of staying away. Um, Russell Wilson, quarterback four, he's at 43. He's four picks after Manning, ADP-wise. I would much rather have Wilson than Manning. In fact, I had that question asked this past week uh, to me through one of my friends, and uh, the question was, you know, do do you have a chance of of doing that? And uh, you know, I was I was 100% behind that. And had no problem with it, and uh, you know, was just uh, pretty, pretty, pretty uh, impressed with that. Um, 
So I got a question. It says, uh, I have the number two and number nine pick. Uh, who should I be looking at at two? I'm thinking AP, and I also have, and also should I take another running back with number nine uh, or get a wide receiver like Julio or trade back? So I'm going to kind of chat back to this guy in the chat room here. Um, so basically, uh, I'm going to say I agree with AP at number two or Le'Veon Bell. Um, depending if they fall. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, either one of them, I, I think are going to have solid years. I think AP is going to be strong. Um, you know, both, uh, both have, have been extremely uh, consistent. I'm typing that up. Extremely consistent uh, in, in the past, uh, in the past when playing. Um, obviously, AP missed last year, so that kind of, Made him struggle a little bit, uh, you know, only played one game last year. And then we had the issues with uh, the off-field issues, um, um, you know. So I, I really okay with either one. Um, but I think, you know, again, whoever gets picked first, you take the other second. Um, uh, when playing in the past, uh, Bell was 100% consistent last season. And AP was... At and eighty percent consistency, um, consistency. Oh my goodness, can't type today. Uh, consistency in two thousand and thirteen. Um, at the number nine pick. Oops, mistyped that. At the number nine pick, I would. Go with a running back if one of the following are available. And again, not knowing this league setup, it just says PPR. Uh, it is 10 teams, so there could be quite a few backs there. Um, but I would go with a running back of one of the, uh, one of the following are available. Um, and that would be um, Eddie Lacy. Um, Sean McCoy or Matt Forte. Now, they may not be there at nine. Um, if not, um, I forgot to put the words we. Um, all of these players, oops, can't spell. All of these players have been, um, in the 80% or higher consistency rating. In 2014. Um, I'm just trying to remember who was what. Um, actually, it was 75% or higher. Um, so anyway, so they're all 14, we believe they will all continue that trend 
in 2015. If none of these are available, then I would certainly take Julio Jones, Demarius Thomas, or, oops, or Jordy Nelson in that order. All of these receivers were also above 80%. All above 80% consistent last season. Good luck. So as I mentioned, you know those uh, those guys were, uh, you know, definitely definitely liked the question, definitely liked the uh, chat room question. So again, if you have any, don't forget to send them to me, and I'll be here for you. So let's go back to the quarterbacks um, once again. As I mentioned, uh, you know, we certainly have the opportunity to look at these ADPs and really focus on uh, you know what these guys are doing. So like I said, Russell Wilson over Peyton Manning. If you if you want to get a quarterback in round four because you just don't feel comfortable with anybody else, and that's fine. That's your call. Uh, Russell Wilson would be the pick I would pick over Peyton Manning, as I mentioned, one of my uh, friends had asked about. Um, but the guys that I'm waiting on, um, number one is Drew Brees. Um, says here his ADP is 56, uh, so we're looking at fifth round, uh, sixth round. I've gotten him as late as the seventh round. Um, I have no problem grabbing Drew Brees uh, at that point. Because at the fifth or sixth round, you have now basically drafted four very consistent, very solid, either two running backs and two wide receivers um, or some combination thereof, maybe with a tight end thrown in. Uh, maybe in the fourth round, you decide to go with a, uh, a Greg Olson or something like that. Perfectly fine with that. Um, getting the four of those very consistent players and then grabbing Drew Brees, I think you've created a very impressive core at that point that you can build on. Um, that's why I, I believe you should wait. Um, now, the next guy that's only one pick ADP later is Ben Roethlisberger. Let me be the first to tell you no, no, and definitely not, and definitely no. Um, his consistency rating last year was only 56%. Yes, he was ranked fifth in total points last year, but his 50, 56% consistency tells you that he is not going to help your team fantasy-wise. Remember that last year that many of those points came from the two weeks in a row where he threw six touchdowns. Does he have the capability of doing that? Absolutely. But after that, look how many quality games he had. He was only 9 out of 16. Um, two of them were those games, so that means 7 out of 14, so 50% the rest of the year that's just not going to get it done for your fantasy team if you're going to rely on that scenario so please 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 pass on ben uh, pass pass on ben roethlisberger no pun intended um after that now we've got uh cam newton at 66 quarterback seven again cam newton last year consistency wise 
57%, eight out of 14, you missed two games. Um, you know, that, that, that team's a solid team. It's a good team, but it's not a fantasy powerhouse. Um, Jonathan Stewart is, you know, always one injury away from being out. Um, you know, he hasn't played a full season in forever. There are no D'Angelo Williams. So, um, they may be forced to pass more often than not. You might say that's a good thing for Cam Newton, but then again, <clears throat> then teams are teeing off on him, forcing him out of the pocket. And when he starts running around, that's when he's going to get hurt. Uh, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. At 68 uh, is Matt Ryan. Now, here's a guy who wasn't as consistent he's normally been last year, but I have a good feeling with him this year. Um, they, they still really don't have a great running game to take the pressure off, but last year their offensive line was just a, a disaster. Um, <clears throat> all kinds of injuries, all kinds of problems. He didn't have a lot of time to throw the ball, um, and somehow, even as bad as he was at 50% consistent, uh, he had two wide receivers in – uh, Julio Jones and Roddy White, who were in the top 10 in consistency at wide receiver. Go figure. So, you know, the numbers are there. I think the, the potential is there. I think Matt Ryan can get back up in that 75% potential. And when you can get him in, you know, the sixth, seventh round or later, maybe even eighth round, uh, there's some really good value there. Tony Romo, same way. Uh, last year actually was uh, fifth in consistency at 73%. Uh, the only people ahead of him were Luck, Rogers, Breeze, and Manning. Uh, he was actually ahead of Russell Wilson. So that tells you that he has the ability to put up numbers, and that was with DeMarco Murray having a fantastic year at running back. So this is that if he has to throw even a little bit more, his numbers could be better, and I have, no, again, no problem waiting for that. Um, after Romo, I think there's just a lot of question marks. Um, Matthew Stafford should be better than this, but he hasn't been. Last year, same way, his consistency was 50%, 16. Uh, he was 15th in total points. So I'm just not feeling that. Now, I've drafted Matthew Stafford as my backup quarterback. I'm okay with that, and you should be too. Um, so anyway, so stick with that. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, maybe Stafford as backup. Same way with Eli Manning, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, Philip, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, all these guys are backups. Um you know, Tannehill may have the most upside because last year he improved quite a bit and actually reached ninth in total points, 50% in consistency. So he's tied consistency-wise with Cam Newton, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, or he's a little bit below Ben. Uh, Ryan, I mean, some of these bigger players. So he's gotten more weapons. Um, they've added some players there. Uh, I, I think they he can improve. I could see him getting in the 60 70% range. But again, I don't know if I would take the chance at wide receiver one with this guy. I think I would probably wait and not do it. Um, so, um, you know, that's, that's what I'm thinking at that point. Um, so again, um, if you have a phone call, got a question, 646-478-4679. You can call in uh, if you're live. If not, the chat room's open, so you can certainly hit me up there as well with a question. <laughs> couple guys that may be sleepers that if you grab as a backup um, or if you have a really deep bench and you need a third one would be Sam Bradford playing in Philadelphia. Um, let's be honest. I mean, Mark Sanchez looked like a half-decent quarterback last year. Um, if he can, I'm sure Bradford could be better than that. And Carson Palmer. Uh, Carson Palmer, before he got hurt, was like five out of six in quality games last year and uh, certainly has the potential to to be a very uh, good uh 
uh, fantasy quarterback. Um, the, you know, the biggest key with him always is, is health. Uh, you know, if he's not healthy, then it's not going to work out. So I think the rest of the quarterbacks, Cutler, you know, Winston, Dalton, all these guys all are just kind of, a, you know, I, I wouldn't take a chance on them. I really wouldn't want to, uh, um, you know, uh, come back with, uh, you know, something that uh, I believe is going to, to be a solid, solid scenario. Um, anyway, so that's quarterbacks. And uh, so let's take a look at the running backs. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell is still sitting at ADP one. Um, I'm still even, you know, I know they got reduced from three down to two, but I really don't believe that, um, you know, that AP shouldn't be above him. I believe that AP uh, really should be, you know, a, a solid guy, a, a top, top running back this year. Um, I've got Peterson ranked ahead of Bell just because of the two games. Um, you know, Bell is certainly going to put up his numbers when he's healthy or when he's when he's back from suspension. Um, and I have no problem picking Bell at two if Peterson goes one and vice versa. Um, I, I'm perfectly fine either way. Jamal Charles is actually sitting at uh, pick 103 at ride, running back two ahead of Peterson. And I'm not 100% sold on that. Um, Jamal Charles last year was a good, um, but not great. I mean, he was seventh in total points, but he was 15th in consistency at 67%. And in my mind, that's just not at a point that I'm worth taking a top three pick on. Um, you know, he should be back to be more consistent. He did have a little bit of injuries last year, but overall, I'm just not sold on that scenario. Um <clears throat> So that he's at two or wide or running back two, Peterson running back three. Again, you 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 know what I talked about there. Eddie Lacy at four, um, fifth pick overall, running back four. Uh, that's a good pick. I mean, if you're at five and those guys are gone, I think Lacy's got to be your pick. I mean, I certainly don't have a problem with that, and uh, um, you know, but uh, I, I just don't know, you know what. Uh, what I would do at that point other than um, take lazy next spot, Marshawn Lynch running back five, uh, you know, eighth overall eighth pick in the first round. Uh, again, solid pick hard to argue. Marshawn Lynch is always in that 70 to 80% range. Can't argue with that. Matt Forte at number 12, um, 12th overall sixth running back. Um, I like Forte a lot. Forte last year was 94% consistent. It's hard to argue with him. There's a lot of downplay on him this year of him, you know, different offense, different scheme. John Fox isn't there. Uh, it, you know, it's a different scenario. Will he catch 90 passes out of the backfield? He may not, but then again, he may. Um, you know, that that team really only has changed that Brandon Marshall has left. Kevin White is in. Um, so Kevin White replaces Marshall. But Marshall had a very down year, a lot of injuries, really didn't perform at his usual level. Alshon Jeffries is definitely a big number one there. And you have to realize that Matt Forte is going to get a lot of touches. Um, it's still going to be a run, running back heavy offense, and I just believe that he'll be just as good as he has been. Uh, C.J. Anderson, not a problem with where he's at. Um, you know, early, mid-second round, um, you know, definitely – um, last year, nine for nine quality games at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, certainly 
was very, very good when called upon uh, late in the year. So um, perfectly fine with that. Now we come to two running backs that changed teams in the offseason. There's a lot of question marks or a lot of talk about both. LaShawn McCoy going to Buffalo, DeMarco Murray going to Philadelphia, replacing McCoy. Um, let's start with McCoy first. Uh, McCoy is going to go to a run-heavy offense. Uh, I think they're going to give him the ball early and often. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. Um, the key will be continue to stay healthy. Um, the, I, I, I would hope and I would believe that Buffalo would be smart enough to um, use Fred Jackson uh, uh, you know, enough to keep McCoy fresh all game and all season long. Um, if you don't remember about Fred Jackson last couple of years, he's been actually fairly consistent in a uh, PPR league, um, somewhere in the 60% range for somebody who's being drafted very, very low. Um, so I would definitely, you know, get to uh, that level um, with him, but I'm perfectly fine with where he's being listed, which is 17 overall middle of the second round. Um, you know, this is a guy that used to go top five. Um, is he top five? He might end up there. Don't be surprised. DeMarco Murray. This is the one that bothers me. This is the one that concerns me. Um, DeMarco Murray was great in Dallas last year. They gave him the ball. He stayed healthy. Um, but it was a contract year. He got his contract. Um, he got his big money going to Philadelphia. Um, you know, and all of a sudden, and I don't know if you guys have been reading the Philadelphia Eagles um, camp notes. Um, from various sites, but um, there's been a lot of question marks. Sometimes Murray's out on the field. Sometimes he's not. Sometimes he's off with the trainer. Sometimes he's not. Um, he's sometimes getting first team rips. Sometimes he's sitting on the sidelines. Um, and when they ask him questions about it, he gives very generic answers about it. Like, well, you know, I want to be out there, but you know, I got to be smart and a lot of stuff. So I'm not a hundred percent sold that, DeMarco Murray's picking up the offense or something. I, I don't know, but it just has a, a, a bad smell, if you know what I mean. Um, so keep an eye on that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of staying away from DeMarco Murray this year uh, for, for various reasons, um, and, and that's one of them. Jeremy Hill at running back 10, 22 overall, so late second round. Um, you know, if you drafted Le'Veon Bell or Adrian Peterson, um, <clears throat> this would be your wide, your, could be your running back too, if that's what you want to go with. The question is going to be the fact that, um, you know, is there, um, is there better options? Um, to be honest with you, if I was sitting there and I have Bell or Peterson and I'm looking at that situation, first off, I'm going to look at the running, the wide receiver situation and see if a Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, somebody like that, very consistent wide receiver is available, probably going to pick them. Um, and basically because of the fact that I still have a pick on round three early, so um, it's the point of, of you know taking uh, the running back that early when I take the wide receiver because who knows who will get picked. If for some reason Hill got picked before round two and round three, I'd be okay with that because I can still pick Justin Forsett, Lamar Miller, Frank Gore, Andre Ellington, there, there's a lot of good, consistent backs still sitting there. And that's what I would go with. So, again, that's what I'm leaning toward. I think I'd just stay stay there with that and think I would pass on Jeremy Hill. Um, Justin Forsett, running back 11, 
25th, so early third round, this is where I'd love to get him. Uh, I would really hope that regardless of where I pick in round one and two, if I could get Justin Forsett as my running back one after getting uh, two top receivers um, late you know, or, or somewhere in the round, um, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, Justin Forsett, I think, you know, was very consistent last year. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he had an 81% uh, QSR quality success rate, eight in total points. So, you know, he's a running back one. I mean, no matter how you how you slice it up, and I think is one of my my favorite picks. Uh, only four picks later, and at running back 12 is Melvin Gordon. Um, I'm not a big fan of rookies. Um, he may be the second coming of Ladainius Tomlinson. If you take that. Chance, pick him there that's perfectly fine but i'm not sold that i'm going to take a rookie at that spot when i can get lamar miller frank gore ingram you know any of these guys who have proven that they can be good and consistent uh in the nfl so i like i said i'm just not going to uh jump on that scenario um after that is lamar miller two picks later adp 31 uh, running back 13 I love this guy. Um, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, going to be just as good as he was last year. Last year, ranked ninth in total points, 75% consistency in a PPR format. I have no problem with uh, going at that spot, and I've been picking him in a lot of drafts. Um, Frank Gore, 33 overall, two picks later, uh, running back 14. Um, there's a lot of data to back up that, running backs over the age of 30 switching teams don't do very well. Um, the best it's ever been is I think was LaDainian Tomlinson ended up 16th for the season when he switched teams. Um, I think if anybody can do it, it can be a Frank Gore. Um, I think he's got the he's physical tools. He he's a, you know, a, a machine when it comes to training, um, He's very psyched about going to a team that could go to the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. I mean, the Colts have the ability. They have the offense. Their defense can do anything. Uh, this team could go to the Super Bowl. If the Patriots can't hold up this year um, and Peyton Manning's falling you know, off the wayside, I think the Colts are the heir apparent. And uh, I think Frank Gore is going to be motivated to help that team get there. Um, I think that's the one thing that uh, you know he's, he feels that uh, is lacking. 35 ADP Mark Ingram. Um, you know, last year, Mark Ingram put up some very nice numbers, 77% consistency, even though he missed three games, 14th in total points, again, even though he missed three games. So he could have easily been a, a top, you know, 12 RB1 type player, but, you know, it didn't happen. Um, but he's there, he's healthy. They have C.J. Spiller to give him some some you know some rest that I think they'll use and use efficiently, um, but uh, you know I really believe that uh, he's going to be uh, a solid solid guy. Um, he's not sexy. He's not you know overly hyped. He's sitting at running back fifteen. Um, I would definitely pick him over Albert, Alfred Morris or Carlos Hyde um, because he's proven. Uh, Alfred Moore is certainly, you know, we don't know, Carlos Hyde in his first full year as the RB1 at San Francisco, so I'm not sure I'd, I would pick either one of them over Ingram. I would definitely go with Ingram. 
So speaking of Morris and Hyde, they're the next two picks um, at number 37 overall, number 38 overall, uh, running back 16 and 17. I just can't get excited about either one of these guys. I really can't. Um, it's just at a point where I just don't feel like they're going to put up solid numbers. I mean, Alfred Morris last year, um, his overall consistency was 50%. He was 16th in total points, which isn't bad, but half the games, he's not helping you. Um, and even as a running back, too, I, I think you could do better um, with some of the players that are after him. So, I, again, I would pass. Carlos Hyde, uh, you know, again, we haven't seen him in a full season as the main guy. Again, he could be special, but I think there were some games last year that, that he had a majority of – of touches and, and was good, but not great. Um, so, so as we go down to running back 18, we're sitting at CJ Spiller. Um, at 19, Andre Ellington, and at 20 is Joseph Randall, and they're 40, 41, and 42 overall ADPs. Um, I think all three of these guys have potential to be very good RB2s. Um, Ellington is my favorite just because of what he did last year. Um, and, and if any of you have listened to the show, you know how much I love Andre Ellington. Uh, in, in the 12 games that he played in, he earned 11 quality games out of 12, or 92%. Um, the only ones ahead of him were the guys that were 100%, which was you know, Le'Veon Bell and, and, that's, uh, and DeMarco Murray. Uh, and Arian Foster was 13 out of 13. Um, Matt Forte was actually 94%. Sorry. Um, so... <laughs> So, you know, he was right there with the big boys. And so I really like him a lot, drafting him with a lot of my teams. Joseph Randall is certainly a wild card. Oh, I'm sorry, let's go back to C.J. Spiller. C.J. Spiller and, and really Joseph Randall are the wild card. C.J. Spiller has been hyped up for years in Buffalo and just couldn't stay healthy, couldn't, couldn't do what he needed to do. Fred Jackson outperformed him for the last two years. Now he has a new lease on life. He's in New Orleans. He'll be basically handling the Darren Sproles level or role. And I, you know, I, I, I really don't like this guy because I just don't believe that he's really ever motivated, but it's hard to not like the situation he's in. Um, again, if I've got three solid wide receivers and a solid top running back, um, or, you know, or just have a good core of players, um, you know, then maybe I'm going to pick Joseph Randall. I'm not sure I'm ready to pick him in the fourth round, but I know that's where he's going to go because there's just, he's been performing well in preseason. And with that offensive line, there's a lot of excitement about him, and I can understand that. Um, you know, if all of these other guys I mentioned here in numbers 1 through 18 are gone, um, or 1 through 19 are gone running back-wise, and I've got, you know, a choice between Randall, Gurley, Latavius Murray, TJ Yeldon, Jonathan Stewart. Um, I'm probably going to, I'd probably go with Randall to, because I think he has the most potential. Um, but again, I, you know, I'm not sure at what point that I would draw the line um, to, to, to pick one or the other. Excuse me. Um, I got to take a drink. Um, so once again, if you want to call in, the uh, call-in line is 646-478-4679. Call in uh, with your uh, questions about your draft. Um, you can post on the chat line. Uh, the chat line is uh, there at the site um, where you can listen to it live. 
Uh, so once again, both of those are open and uh, both of those are available. Um, okay, so let's move on. Um, now we get into kind of outside, almost outside the, the RB2. Um, these last four picks are listed at running back 21, 22, 23, and 24. They are Todd Gurley, Latavius Murray, TJ Yeldon, and Jonathan Stewart. Todd Gurley, if he was 100% healthy, probably would have the most potential to have a big fantasy year. But he's been slow to respond in preseason. Um, there's a talk about that he just isn't fully recovered from that, uh, that knee injury. Um, Latavius Murray would be a guy I'd, I would pick um, if it was a little bit later. I'm not sure I'm, I would be ready to take him at 47, which is end of the fourth round, um, unless I just had a really solid uh, group of uh, three other players. Um, and at that point, I might just take a wide receiver that would be a better choice and waiting uh, on somebody else prior to that. Um, TJ Yeldon, I have no love for it all. Um, sorry, TJ Yeldon fans. He might do well in Jacksonville, and if he does, good for him. Uh, Jonathan Stewart is old and decrepit, and I'm not sure, other than the fact that the only reason he's even listed here is that um, last year, you know, um, he was 25th in total points, but he was 6 out of 13 in quality games, so 46%. So he's 25th, so they feel like, well, if D'Angelo Williams is out of the way, he should be a top 24. That's fine. You can rank him that way. I won't pick him, but you can rank him that way. Um, but the guy I would pick would be at running back 25, and that's Giovanni Bernard. Um, last season, um, and this is um, for those of you who have been listening to the show or reading my book or whatever the case may be, and if you haven't got the book, don't forget to go to socalledfantasyexperts.com. Uh, you will find the 2015 Fantasy Football Consistency Guide right there on the homepage. You can click on it and buy the book for $4.99. It's a download a PDF. You can read it on just about any tablet, computer, uh, phone, whatever you want to do. But anyway, in that book, you will see that last season, Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill were at 63 and 62% consistency-wise in a PPR format. Yet Jeremy Hill is at running back 10, and Giovanni Bernard is at running back 25. Um, this is why I'm waiting and I'm grabbing Giovanni Bernard in a lot of drafts. Um, I believe he'll continue to be that successful uh, in that 63%, uh, again, which last year would have ranked him 18th. Um, so a good running back, too, but at a spot where he's listed at an ADP of 61. So he's outside of the fifth round going into the sixth round. Um, I've seen him going in the seventh as well. Uh, just not a lot of love for him because everybody loves Jeremy Hill. And Jeremy Hill's a great player, no question. But uh, that that team, the Bengals, were most successful successful last year when they used those two guys um, uh, throughout the game, um, you know, almost evenly. Maybe 60-40 for Hill versus Bernard. But since Bernard is the third down back, he got more of the catches out of the backfield. So from a PPR format, they pretty much tied every game. Um, so, again, you know, look at the value of you're getting 15 uh, running backs later. So I'm, I'm perfectly good with that. Uh, Arian Foster's listed at running back 26. I'm not sure why. He's going to probably miss most of the season. Um, now, then at number uh, 27 and 28 uh, RB-wise, or 67, 69 overall ADP-wise, um, we have a really interesting scenario. We have Amir Abdullah ahead of Joe Keebel, who both play for the same team. Um, Amir Abdullah... 
in all aspects from what I've read and what I've seen um, is supposed to be a better Reggie Bush, um, quicker, more uh, stronger, um, you know, and is supposed to replace Joe Keebell in this offense. And he might, um, you know, right now, Joe Keebell, I think still coming along a little slow from his injuries from last year. Uh, Abdullah, I guess is just tearing up camp. So right now he's ranked ahead of him. And again, I, I'm, I, I'm not a big fan of rookies, but in that system and, you know, um, we all know that Reggie Bush was very successful as a pass catching running back. Um, Matthew Stafford loved to dump off to Bush quite a bit. And uh, I really think he might be successful. The key is going to be Joe Key Bell's health. And does he get to full strength before the season starts? Then they'll kind of eat into each other's um, fantasy totals. And I think that'll be a problem. So <clears throat> I think at this point, I think I would just keep an eye on them. Um, I don't know if either one of them are going to be an RB2 for me, um, but you never know. Um, after that, um, there's really not a lot of running backs that excite me beyond that. Um, there's potential guys. I like Sh Shane Vereen's potential for the Giants. I like Doug Martin maybe having a bounce back year. I like his potential. Um, he's certainly in a good spot. Um, some guys that are going late, though, if you're looking for that RB3 that might become your RB2, I'm going to mention a few guys. Um, Ryan Matthews in Philadelphia. We're not sure 100% what's going on with Murray. Um, but my two favorite are Danny Woodhead in San Diego and Reggie Bush in San Francisco and possibly Darren Sproles as well. Um, <clears throat> Danny Woodhead's the one is my personal favorite because it was just quietly two years ago when Danny Woodhead was 12th in total points in the PP format and had a 69% uh, QSR, 11 out of 16 in quality games, which tied him with Marshawn Lynch, who was 5th in total points. So just two years ago, Danny Woodhead was an RB1 in points and consistency, and yet his ADP is 121. <laughs> so way out there uh, is in running back 45. Um, again, remember a couple years ago, um, Reggie Bush was also right up there. He was 79% consistent with a uh, total ranking of seventh overall when he played a, almost a full season. Uh, so either one of these guys have proven that right team, right situation, right scenario, they can put up some good points. And again, to get somebody this late. So if you really wanted to be gutsy and pick these guys as an RB2, again, it would be gutsy, but I'd rather they be my RB3, and then they may be replacing my RB2, or I may trade my RB2 off or whatever um, and, and try and improve my team later in the year. Um, another guy to watch out for, Steven Ridley. Um, he could certainly be a very solid back. As I mentioned before, Fred Jackson um, certainly has the potential. He's always been up there in that 60% range uh, when C.J. Spiller was there. So these are the kind of guys that I like to look for late. Um, another guy might be Lance Dunbar. Um, let's say, you know, um, our, our boy uh, Joseph Randall does take off and does do well, but then gets hurt. Well, there's only one guy behind him, and that's Lance Dunbar. Um, so now he becomes the main back in D Dallas. So um, I would definitely, if you draft Randall, draft Dunbar as well to have him as a backup. Also, of course, if you draft Le'Veon Bell, make sure you get D'Angelo Williams so he can play the first two weeks for you. Um, or just be there just in case. 
Um, so those are some of the guys that I think might fill in well, might be a good late pick. Um, also look at Matt Jones at Washington. Again, not a big rookie fan, but he's kind of built the same way as Alfred Morris. So if Alfred Morris, uh, you know, goes down, maybe something worth there as well. So, um, and then last, when it comes to running backs, um, I want to talk about a couple guys who, um, if you have a deep bench and you have the ability to draft these guys, I'd think about it. One of them is Chris Johnson. One of them is Ray Rice. Um, and maybe even Ahmad Bradshaw, but let's go with the first two for sure. Um, if you're in one of those leagues where you can draft like 25 people, get a couple of those guys, put them on your bench because let's be honest, if somebody, if Joseph Randall goes down in Dallas and they have the potential to make the playoffs, they may reach out. They may be having to reach out to a Ray Rice or a, uh, you know, a, a, a Chris Johnson or somebody like that to come in and, and fill the void. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm just saying there could be potential there. So those are the guys at that spot. Uh, so um, let's. I got a few others I want to go through, and, and we'll uh, wrap up here at 8 o'clock. Next week we'll do wide receivers and tight ends because um, obviously this is taking a lot of time. Um, but I did want to go through a few others. Um, when it comes to Atlanta, I'm not sold on anybody there. Um, Tevin Coleman or Devonta Freeman, I would stay away from their scenario. Uh, same way with Cleveland. I truly believe Isaiah Crowell is a very good back if he played for a team that didn't have an idiot for a coach. Um, if he got 15 to 20 touches a game, I think he would be a beast. But it's not going to happen because they just don't know how to use their running backs. Um, they're being so dumb, they actually said they wanted Ray Rice and then backed out of it. So I'm, I'm from the area please don't get anybody off the clearance um <clears throat> so that that's that's my feelings there um trey mason uh, because of the fact that todd Gurley's not doing all that well uh, and is not coming back strong uh, from his injury could be a nice pickup late in your draft maybe starting for you in the first few weeks um, again, if you had somebody like a Le'Veon Bell, these are the kind of guys you might want to grab. If somebody like snakes D'Angelo Williams away from you, you need somebody that definitely play those first three weeks, and and you know that uh, that may be worthwhile to get him. Um, Bishop Sankey versus David Cobb. Um, I'm not a big fan of either one. Again, I don't know much about David Cobb, and he hasn't proven anything in the NFL. So you know me and rookies. Uh, but Sankey did, yeah, Bishop Sankey did nothing last year. Um, he was so overly hyped coming out of college. He was going to be a top 24, just, you know, stud running back, and he did nothing in Tennessee. Um, I'm not sold on either one of them, so keep an eye on, again, preseason on that one. Darren McFadden in Dallas, he can't, he hurts himself sneezing, so stay away from that. Alfred Blue, obviously somebody to look at in Houston with the, um, uh, Arian Foster going down on injury, um, didn't have a bad, you know, last year when he filled in, I think he had some decent games, not great, but decent games. Uh, so definitely <clears throat> keep an eye on him in the preseason, see how he does. Uh, Charles Sims versus Doug Martin. This has been another big one that people have argued about over the off season. Um, the whole scenario of, of, uh, you know, getting in there and, and, and just having that kind of issue. Um, you know, uh, 
it's hard to tell what's going to happen. I mean, Charles Sims is supposed to be the better runner, but Doug Martin's looked good in camp. So <clears throat> it's certainly worth, you know, looking at and, and, and determining, uh, watching preseason, see what happens there. Um, Niles Davis is a backup for Charles. Um, Darren Sproles, I, I, I did talk a little bit about, but I want to kind of go a little bit further. Uh, so Darren Sproles in Philadelphia um, certainly – has a potential, and he did last year. Last year, um, he, I'm looking for his numbers, 26th in total points, 6 out of 15, 40% consistent. But think about this, 26 in total points, <clears throat> his consistency wasn't there, but he certainly had some some solid games to end up almost as an RB2. So picking him in as an RB3 or 4 certainly may be worthwhile um, because he might be getting more touches in the games that either Ryan or DeMarco Murray may not be in because they're hurt or injured or et cetera. Um, after that, Roy Hallou, um, some of the other guys, um, you know, he's going to be in Oakland with Latavius Murray. Monty Ball will be backing up CJ Anderson. Uh, you know, uh, Denard Jet Robinson will be behind TJ Yeldon. He didn't do too bad last year, late in the year. Of course, the New England backfield is a disaster. You never know what's going to happen. You've got James White, Jonas Gray, LeGarrette Blunt. You know, various people like that who are, uh, you know, just kind of, you, you never know what's going to happen. Um, Dan Heron, remember how well he did in the playoffs last year in a PPR format. Um, if you do draft Frank Gore, make sure you get Dan Heron to back him up. Um, so, you know, that's uh, basically that scenario. Um, Stephen Ridley, I talked a little bit about Matt Jones. I talked about Cameron Artis Payne is backing up Jonathan Stewart. Um, that could be a good handcuff there uh, for him because really there's nobody else there after him. Um, Terrence West in Cleveland is, you know, they're going to share, but they're, it's, that's a mess. Um, uh, Javorius Allen and um, Lorenzo Talaferro, uh, Taliaferro. Uh, it's certainly two guys that if you draft Justin Forsett, make sure you get those guys as backups. Um, and after that, again, nothing left but backups uh, between Christine Michael, Brandon Oliver, Reddick, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's, you're looking at mostly backups. So so that's our quarterbacks and our, our running backs as we're looking at the ADPs this week. Um, so I, I think we're just going to kind of cut a little bit short this week due to the fact that really we're about done. Um, I know we got about 10 minutes, but uh, uh, I figured it, you know, we'll cut it off here. Uh, once again, if you uh, want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Bob underscore Lung. Um, you can find me on socalledfantasyexperts.com. You can find me uh, at ffconsistency.com. Um, and uh, you can also email me at Bob at ffconsistency.com. So thanks again for listening. Uh, hopefully it helped out a little bit for your draft. If you have any questions, don't, don't hesitate to hit me up. Um, over the next, uh, you know, two, three weeks as we get ready for the draft. Uh, don't forget to get your book um, at socalledfantasyexperts.com. And uh, that way you can kind of get up on the consistency aspect of, of fantasy football. And if you have any questions on that, you can uh, certainly uh, ask me anything you need to ask me. Also, um, when you do get the book, you'll see there is a consistency tier draft list in it. It will be quite out of date, so please email me at bob at ffconsistency.com. I'll send you the more up-to-date one as I update them uh, a couple times a week, um, but definitely before the weekends, after the games, and that kind of stuff. So let me know, and I'll be able to help you out. So once again, 
thanks for listening to the FF Consistency Show. And uh, we'll see you again next Thursday night at 7 p.m. Good night and great evening.